Welcome back as we continue live from the Baylor Club this afternoon. We are pleased to welcome in the longtime voice of the Texas Longhorns, our good friend Craig Way. And Craig, let's begin right here by saying congratulations to you earlier this week, named the uh, National Sports Media Association Texas Broadcaster of the Year. Congratulations to you. Well, well, thank you, JMO. I appreciate that. And as uh, and as you, as a former winner, know it's it's that one's always a special one because it does come from your peer group. And and I think that you know those of us across the state and they've voted you uh, uh, a winner in the past and others as well. And it's a really nice, it's a very nice honor. I the, the first time it happened back in 2016, I was able to take my mom with me to the banquet and she oh, got wow. a big kick out of it. Of course, she couldn't stop talking all the. ESPN personalities about you and my, my son. I'm like, mom, let it go. They, they have some dinner, you know, but it's, it's a, uh, it's a great honor. It's, it's very humbling. And as you know, it represents a lot of people, obviously not just me. I do a lot of things, but I got a lot of great people helping me. And so it's, it's greatly appreciated. Very humble of you and congratulations. Very deserving. Couldn't be happier. So congratulations on that. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow uh, in what might be our uh, final uh, trip to the Moody Center or final regularly scheduled trip to the Moody Center. I hope we play in basketball in the years to come, but you know, it's kind of like you, you, we and you are starting to reach the uh, end of some of these longtime uh, rivalries. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Yeah, I, I did get a ray of hope last night when I was doing Rodney Terry's weekly show when he, we, we talked about the last time of Moody and he and I was talking about the juxtaposition of conference play to non-conference play. The SEC is going to play 18 conference games next year, like the Big 12 does, and they may go to 20 the year beyond. And Rodney said he hoped he didn't, that it didn't go to 20. And then he added these words. He said, I'd like to keep it at 18 because I'd like for our non-conference schedule to still be representative. And then he added this. And if we're going to play, say, some former schools out of this league in non-conference, which I would like to do, it helps if we have an 18-game conference schedule instead of 20. So, uh, you know, Rodney has handled the scheduling even when he came in when Chris Beard was the coach. Rodney handled all the scheduling, and he's still doing it. I think he would like to continue a series with Baylor and with Kansas for sure. Those two, I think he'd like to continue that because he knows – the caliber of opposition, the uh, the Q1 benefit you get for playing uh, programs of this caliber. So I, I think it's in his mind that he wants to continue uh, to have some non-conversation. Plus, as we know, it's an easy trip. Well, as easy as I-35 will let you be, but, right. but, but it's only 100 miles away. So if you can play a quality non-conference opponent, maybe get a home-and-home -home, uh, set up with that sort of thing, I think it benefits both schools. You know, it's funny you say that because Coach Drew, we talked to him this afternoon, and he said uh, kind of the same thing, that he would like for it to continue. And, and the way he said it was almost like, you know, not that anything is set in stone, but that there seems to be kind of a mutual feeling about continuing this series somehow. Yep, I, I think so. And uh, uh, Rodney was talking about how uh, much respect he has for Coach Drew and the program and the way he's built and constructed and maintained this program, that it just makes sense. Like I said, it's a it's a hundred mile bus ride. It's a little bit different if you if you had to go to some other places where you had the charter, the plane and all that uh, for a high profile non-conference game. But uh, this is pretty easy doings. And, and if you do a home and home, you get one at home and you get one on the road and the one on the road is not that far to get to, but it's great 
great caliber of opposition. I think both coaches are kind of thinking that, and hopefully uh, they'll follow through with it. I, I still want to come. I want more than one game at the Foster. Yeah. I can yeah. tell you that. Can't wait for you to see it when y'all come here in March. So, uh, and then we'll see what happens in the years to come. Uh, what's uh, what's Coach Terry's temperature uh, when you did the coaches' show last night? Because he was kind of hot on Wednesday after the game. Yeah, he was. And 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 by his own admission later, he said, you know, I was, it was pretty hot in the moment about the deal with the handshake line. And he said, he said, I, I really just need to deal with my own team and concentrate on my own team. And uh, at the moment, it probably caught him in a vulnerable moment. And we've all been there when he expressed some displeasure at some of the stuff that was going on. But, um, but he, I would say this about uh, his his basketball team from day one of this season, John, they've kind of been a team in transition because they haven't had the same healthy lineup on the floor the entire season. The other night uh, in the game against UCF was the first time that uh, they have had everybody available without a major injury or at least still rehabbing. And even then, Caden Shedrick got banged up during the game and walked over, kind of bent over to his – he's had a back issue walking to the bench. I remarked on the air that he looked like a question mark, the way he was walking over there. And it, it's just kind of – it's kind of tough uh, on that. So they've had some issues with that and they've had some inconsistencies as well. Uh, but I think he's just trying to get them to be more connected, something they ha have struggled with at times this season. You know, isn't that uh, kind of a sign of the times with the Big 12 this year? There are no gimmies. It is a tough game. Usually comes down to the final possession. Hadn't it been wild to, at the start of the league this year? Yeah, and, and uh, there's, there's a couple of things that come to mind. Uh, like, for example, when UCF was in the other night, there were eight, eight players they acquired through the portal mm. uh, that, that were on the roster. And, and all but I think one of them played in the game. Almost every team we're seeing this year has a handful of players. Baylor's one of the few uh, few exceptions. I mean, obviously with R.J. Dennis and Jaden Nunn and, and, uh, and Jalen Bridges, but, but by and large, uh, you know, uh, the, the the Baylor program is built uh, through the high schools and the academies and things like that. And that's what uh, Rodney's trying to do. And he's got, obviously, Tyrese Hunter is back after he transferred in last year. I.T. Horton did transfer in from uh, UCF. And, of course, Caden Shedrick transferred in from Virginia. And and Zarekon Yema transferred in from UTEP. Other than that, it's been it's been building the way they built it. Kendall Weaver from UTA is another one. Uh, so all the programs are doing it. And I think it. I think it takes time with chemistry for guys to get comfortable uh, playing with one another. You know, one of the big questions we had, and the other big transfer, obviously, is Max Aismas, is, you know, uh, how would Aismas and Tyrese Hunter work together? And at times it's looked great, and at times one or the other has struggled. Now, Aismas has, has really filled it up late scoring the basketball, but sometimes when you have two alpha dog point guards who can score the basketball sometimes not that there's any hard feelings it's just getting in a rhythm and getting and finding who is the player with the hot hand and getting him the ball the other night it was it horton they were going to, to horton quite a bit uh, and, and maybe it was a little bit that way with it because he was going up against his former school but there's those kind of things rhythmic things i think that they're still trying to get comfortable with ace miss uh really good player your leading scorer uh we knew him when he was at oru because he played for paul mills up there and sort of watched him there uh man he's come in and been really really good hadn't he yeah and um 
I think we all knew that he was a really good shooter, obviously, when he came in and he's, he's been all of, all of that. He's, he's uh, shooting 47% in conference play from three point range, 46% uh, overall in conference play. And, uh, and for the entire season, he's been that, but uh, for example, last night on the, coaches show uh i had chris johnson who's a freshman guard who had originally signed with kansas and then kind of got homesick he played at montverde academies from the houston area ended up getting released and he signed with texas and he's still learning and finding his way through things but i asked him about mentors and the first one he said was max him and brock cunningham brock is a mentor to everybody i mean when you've been around for six years you're going to be a mentor but uh but he said max had been really kind of a, a mentor to him helping him along the way so i think a lot of the guys are looking at max and listening to max what he says even though he transferred into the program this year as a grad transfer Mm. Uh, Brock is a guy like uh, Rico Gathers was for us. People would say yeah. he's still there. He's, he's he, he, uh, have a beard now. Is he a grandfather? <laughs> he's he's in his sixth year, yeah. and uh, he's a grad student in the advertising school now. He'd huh. already graduated with his undergrad. He's working on his master's in advertising, which he's on track to to get that in the spring. And he's just one of those guys. Uh, you know, obviously if he, uh, opponents may go, Oh gosh, you know, Brock, you know, hard edge, so I get, but he's just one of the most affable, funny guys. And, uh, I will tell you this, John, he carries on more conversations with the officials than any player I've ever seen. And that's in part due to the fact that obviously he's been whistled for some fouls here and there, and he'll be like, are you sure that, you know, he's coming down and it's like this little dialogue that he carries on with him. And I asked him one time, I said, uh, you, you talk to those guys. And, and he said, Oh, I'll talk to him a lot. And I said, uh, do they tell you that they're watching you? And he says, yes. And I tell them that I'm watching them. <laughs> so, so he's, he's one of those guys is he's, he's fun to joke around with and be around with and all that kind of thing. He was a high school teammate of Matthew Meyer, which tells you how far back oh, he wow. goes. Right. So, you know, it's, it, it, it goes back quite a ways uh, for him, but uh, yeah, they're glad to have him. And he's another one of those uh, senior now sixth year senior grad student leaders on this team. That's great. Well, I appreciate your time. Look forward to seeing you and Eddie tomorrow and uh, congratulations again on the Texas sportscaster of the year award. And we'll uh, compare notes tomorrow morning. How about that? Hey, I look forward to seeing you uh, in Moody Center. And like I said, uh, I look forward to coming up for the return game to Foster Pavilion. And I, and, and we're both hoping that, uh, that it will continue on. And, and I'm, I'm very hopeful of it. I, I, I'm pretty optimistic, actually. So hopefully it'll all work out. Same here. Thanks, Craig. Appreciate it. You bet.